This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, you're doomed. You're all doomed. folks welcome to what we are calling the redemption episode on killer wheels appreciation month uh, aptly titled by my wonderful co-host rebecca reinhardt how we doing rebecca i'm doing great we watched a much better movie than we did the first time <laughs> around for this one so when you suggested that we call it the redemption episode yes i i went for it and so this is our redemption episode on rubber from 2010 directed by quentin depew and French filmmaker uh, did a couple other films, and none of which I have ever seen. This is the only film of his I've ever seen, but I feel like it's the only one I need to, to need to see. Not that I'm saying that as a knock to his work, but uh, this sets a precedence of what kind of work he puts out. I have had high expectations for everything else. But I know in the thread on Facebook that we had, somebody did mention one other one of his films. But I don't remember what it was, but I had not seen any of his other films either. 
Well, I had gotten one suggested to me about a guy that, whose dog passes away and it becomes like a, not so much like a John Wick story about a man, you know, getting redemption for his dead dog. But it was just a sto- story about, you know, a, a man on a, a quest to to kind of like, you know, find out the love of his life. This dog had, had died and it, it sounded it sounded interesting. I watched the trailer for it. it's got William Fickner in it. So I. I I'm all for it, but I got too much to watch. Having yep. just acquired an almost 400-piece Laserdisc collection that we were just talking about off-air, uh, going to lead to a lot of uh, old, not op- obsolete-type episodes. Woohoo! But that being said, let's go ahead and get right off into Rubber uh, with the IMDb synopsis, which is, you're going to think it's a joke, folks, but this is not a joke. This is Rubber, a homicidal car tire discovering it has destructive psionic powers, sets its sights on a desert town once a mysterious woman becomes its obsession. And that's a little misleading in a bit, but not really. It, it, it's the that, gist that of the That makes story. it sound like it has a plot. Yes, yes. And this movie really has no plot. And... I mean, it's it's a story about you know a, a sentient tire that blows things up with its its mind. Yeah, I mean, I mean you the, know, quote unquote mind. But everything in this movie, the, the those who love this movie and those who hate it will both get this. But everything in this movie happens for not a reason, but no reason. Right. As we're finally let on in the, the opening, you know, uh, the opening shot, which is uh, some guy holding binoculars looking through, through you know this opening shot of some ikea chairs that are put together really bad in this sedan that kind of goes by and hits hits them all knocking them all down knocking them all apart and then lieutenant chad pops out of the trunk and knocks on the door to get a glass of water for the from the driver and gets into his whole no reason speech i mean with things like in Steven Spielberg's E.T., why is the alien brown? No reason. <laughs> why in the excellent Chainsaw Massacre by Toby Hooper do we never see the characters go to the bathroom or wash their hands like people do in real life? No, no, no reason. No, no reason. And just things he goes on. And he even says, I could go on for hours with examples. He's like, why the air around us can't we see it? You know, no reason. Why are we always thinking? No reason. I love the yeah. end of like, why do people, some people love sausages and other people hate sausages? <laughs> no fucking reason. And do we ever get an explanation for that? No. No, and but why he, he, well, we do because he does say this movie is an homage to the most powerful element of style. No reason. <laughs> and I think that really does explain what you're in for. I, I mean, there, you could explain everything in this movie like, by just going back to the opening, it's like, why does a you know car tire become sentient? No reason. Why does a car tire decide to start blowing up, you know, birds and, and rabbits and then people? No, 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 no reason. It's like it's like a PSA at the beginning. Like any other movie that you watch, even if it's something that's supposed to be quirky and you're and you're supposed to be like, what the hell did this happen? Like, you can't do that in this movie. Like, you can't be like, well, why did he just do that? You can't because they already answered it. There's no reason. Move along. And it, I kind of, I like that. And, and I like the fourth wall breaking. I mean, because they, they go beyond fourth wall breaking. Like, they come into your living room and sit on the couch with you. I mean. Like, right. They, they, they reach into the fridge and help themselves to a beer without asking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it works. But, yeah, I mean, if you. 
you can't have anybody say anything about it. Like, well, why did this happen? Well, you, then you just say the movie already explained it. No reason. And somebody even complained about uh, the movie being too long or whatever. But there's even a part where, and we'll get into this later, but there's even a part where one of the spectators like is like complaining to the people in the movie going, I understand what you're doing, but why are you taking so long? Can you hurry the fuck up? Right, like, right. I mean, the movie explains itself. Anything that you could that you could say was wrong with the movie, the movie tells you it knows, and it's there for no reason. <laughs> it, it it plays its hand pretty heavy right at the beginning, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. But like you know, and and I love the fact that Lieutenant Chad pours out the water and just yeah. kind of <laughs> just kind of looks at you like, yeah, I fucking did it. Not going to give you any answer because I just said it. Yeah. And then you kind of you get the what the, what do they call him the accountant that comes in Jer uh, Jack Plotnick. He's a really quirky, weird character. He reminds me, I forget the actor's name that played uh, Penguin on uh, Gotham. That's who he reminds me of, but I'm forgetting his name. I didn't write it down. Uh, Robin Lord Taylor. I think is his name. He reminds me of a much older version of him, but he just hands everybody uh, a bunch of binoculars and, and kind of instructs them to just, you know, just do what they're doing and, and yeah. watch. And this is the point. Okay. I've watched this movie maybe five times, maybe, maybe four five, six times. I never noticed before till today that the man playing the dad is Daniel Quinn who was the scanner cop in the two scanner cop spinoff movies, which yes. are pretty famous about making people's heads blow up. Heads blow up. Yes. And I, I, and for as little trivia as there is, that is one of the trivia. And I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. That's kind of a little brilliant, like wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. It is a, li a little wink and a nod. And I had never knew that before until I started doing some digging. Cause I'm like, he looks familiar. And of course, like you said, there's very little trivia about this movie. And that was one of the bit, few bits, and I just found that interesting. And Tyre, although he's never called out by name, is named Robert. Uh, not the kind of name that I would think be associated with, you know, a, uh, a, a sentient, psychotic, serial killer Tyre. I would have picked but, with something like Chucky, you know, like Charles Lee Ray or something like that. But you know what, though? I mean, names, you know, everybody has them. It, Nobody knows. Nobody knew that, that tire was going to be a psychotic tire when it was born. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was he, now when he when he if he gave birth if you know if Robert Robert were to give birth to some tires would they be little baby tires like baby baby tires for Hot Wheels and they would well, grow up to be I, big tires. You know, we'll, we'll talk about this, but I kind of almost feel like the tricycle was sort of like that. Yes, the tricycle at the yes. end. I was wondering. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that myself. That was kind of like a, you know, not exactly Robert, but Robert reincarnated or, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or like Spawn or something. But, but yeah, so this, this movie, I guess, this is a movie. I did not take a whole lot of notes. Um, yeah, I got one page as opposed to my usual two to three. Yeah, it's not it's not very linear. You toggle between the spectators and then the movie that the spectators are watching. And I, I'm with you. I've seen this movie probably a half dozen times. I will be quite honest. Last night was the first time I've ever watched this sober. And I'm oh, not geez. saying that you have to be inebriated to watch it, but it does help. It does help. <laughs> it helps a little bit. 
has uh, you know a little uh, you know left-handed cigarette or maybe you know an adult beverage can help this movie along quite a bit but it's yeah. not absolutely necessary it is it's one of those movies where uh it, it's so different i mean it, whether you love it or hate it you can't you you can't deny it. there's not another movie like this there never has been and some people compare it to like cabin in the woods and i think that's stupid uh really? just because it's like just because it's a like self-aware movie i guess i don't know i i didn't get that at all but i, I don't um, get that comparison at all and you not, can't not and you can't compare it to like the other like killer inanimate object movies because just if only because the spectators are involved in the movie like that aspect has never been done so and no the fact that what, there even is spectators you know and that right they're in on it right and that the actors don't know that they're in a movie. There's only one that knows that this is a movie. <laughs> and the rest right. of them don't know. It's it's very very weird. It's very quirky. But it is one of those movies that, like, I, I feel like it is one of those movies you need to check your brain at the door. But only part of it. Because it is so sharp in other ways. Like, it's just, it's a weird dichotomy of being incredibly clever and just incredibly inane. Well, it's a good 50-50 mixture. It's like Andy Kaufman, you know, what, was he a genius or was he insane? Like, right. I, I want to I interview this this Quentin director and find out somehow. Because it's, it's, you know, like you said, you turned your brain off when you go to watch this movie, but you don't want to turn too much of it off. Because it is, you know, it has shreds of high intelligence to it. Yes. You know, I know, I know we're talking about a movie about a killer car tire. I mean, there's, there's, and let's face it, there's no backstory. This car tire is just in the middle of a junkyard. It just kind of wakes up as if it was drunk, you know, kind of stumbling. I love the fact that they kind of give some sort of emotion to this thing. You know, like that you is... feel it when it's stumbling and falling down. Yes, from the very get-go, how, however it is, I don't know if it's just you have to have a certain mindset or if it's the way that the movie, the filmmakers did this, but you feel his personality, like, immediately, and it's weird, like, I mean, because of the way his decision-making, like, he's, you know, he's kind of waking up, and he seems a little, like, off, and then he, like, sees that bottle, and you can just tell he's kind of like, you know what, I'm going to crush that fucking bottle. Like, and then you kind of see him like he rocks back and forth, like he's making a decision. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to crush this goddamn bottle, <laughs> you know? And then he just keeps riding along. And like you, it's like you can hear this inner monologue that's not there. Yes, very much so. And with everything, like when it encounters the, that plastic bottle at first and then it encounters right. the glass bottle. And when it runs it over, you can tell as it backs up, it's kind of like, hey, I didn't break you. What's, yeah. What's up, what's up with that? Oh, like okay, then it, it, and and it also leads me to the question of like what I want to know really is uh, it begs the question is how they do all that because from what I understand with little information there is on Wikipedia and IMDb and on the internet in general, there's not a lot about how they did the effects except that they were mostly done practical with very little CGI. If it was truly done with no CGI or little as they say, I want to know how they pulled a lot of this off. Yeah. And I was thinking about that during time. Like I always kind of thought uh, that maybe like, you know, there'd be like some sort of wire on either side and somebody rolling around with it or like, 
or maybe, you know, something overhead. I mean, they do a lot of really wide shots with the tire moving. Mm -hmm. And it's so it just it kind of it's kind of begs the question, how did they do it? I even thought maybe they had a track of some sort underneath the soil. Oh, that's yeah, they could have done something like that. Or, or maybe or a combination was, of all those things. Or I maybe mean, it's a really, combination of practical effects and they removed some wires, some wires and things like that with CGI. Because, because they, they word those things very carefully, you know. <laughs> as simple as this movie seems, it did have a $500,000 budget, uh, which blows my mind after I read that. I was like, really? Because, I mean, it looks great. I mean, it's filmed really well. It has a fairly large cast. So I could see, you know, some of the costs, but I think probably there had to have been some sort of like combination of elaborate rigs on that damn tire. Yeah, I think that's probably where uh, probably a couple hundred grand of their budget must have went because like they did have a big cast, but let's face it, they didn't have any huge names. I mean, they had Wings Hauser. I was just going to say they had my boy (laughs) Wings Hauser, man, Ramrod, Vice Vice Squad. I mean, like I, 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 I. when I first saw this, I had no idea he was oh. in it. Then I just turned turn around and like I blink, and he's just there, yeah. commanding the screen as usual. And this like, God damn, Ramrod is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched him uh, in the horrible movie Mutant like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty bad one. Mm-hmm. I got you beat though on the bad level. I I, I watched him in Beastmaster two about three weeks ago. Uh, that's <clears throat> that's pretty bad. <laughs> you did that for a podcast too, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did. Yes. So you even talked about it. <laughs> yes, I had to take notes on Beastmaster two, which I will say this: uh, not to get off too much off subject, but Beastmaster two leagues above and beyond better than Beastmaster three. I'll give it that much. Like, well, poor Tony Todd. I can't believe he got into that movie. But anyway, <laughs> back to the wonderful Wingshauser, who is just known as the wheelchair man. That's all he's really known as. But he's the, the one spectator that, like, kind of, I wouldn't say he makes it to the end, but he makes it almost to the end. He plays his hand a little he- heavy at the end by trying to <laughs> to boss the tire around, and it doesn't work out for him. Right. But he's he's in it for the show, like yeah. He, he even like says he, that he's at gonna one get. Point. He, that's all he wants. He wants to see the end. That's all he wants. He even says at one point when they're all having, like when the group eats the tainted turkey. Uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, <laughs> yeah. but the, but the group is complaining that there's watching this movie. The dozen or so people that are watching, uh, the spectators are complaining that they're hungry. So the accountant poisons a turkey, cooks turkey. and poisons a turkey. Well, no, 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 no. He has a turkey in his hotel room, a live turkey, which he kills. And yeah, and then plucks, <laughs> then, pl- then plucks and cooks yes. and poisons. I want to know how he cooked them in in that hotel room. That, uh, that... You know what? I thought that too, and I was like, nope. No, no reason. reason. No reason. <laughs> Anytime you start thinking about that kind of shit, you just got to answer. No reason. I love when he goes and he dumps it off. He doesn't put it on a tray. He doesn't bring it on plates. He just dumps it in the dirt and like, there you go. Fucking eat. You yeah. And they eat. just are like on it like animals. And But our our boy, the uh, 
Wingshauser does not take partake of any of it because he knows it's been poisoned. So the man in the wheelchair, and he just lets them all eat. I think he's just all annoyed. He's just so annoyed with the rest of the group and their bickering and fighting that he's just like, yeah, eat the poison turkey. Fucking die, will you? Well, the whole time, he doesn't even look at them. He just is still looking through the binoculars. He's just there for the show. He couldn't yeah. care less of what's going on around him. He's kind of like George Carlin. He's there for the show. Yeah. That's all he's there for. <laughs> But I love that phone call. Again, you know, you don't want to ask any questions with this movie because there is no reason. But when he answers the phone, he's like, yes, master. And then I'll yes. say so he just turns around and there's just the live turkey in his room. Yes. Just like makes you, uh, every time I watch it, I, I'm always shocked by the live turkey, even though I know it's coming. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so off-putting and it's so huge. It's like a huge turkey. And, I, you know what? I will say maybe that is a flaw to a certain extent. The turkey that he threw them, I would thought, was way smaller than the turkey that was <laughs> in this hotel room. But we don't know. That turkey may have lived. He may have He may have gone to the store and gotten another turkey. You just don't fucking know. Yeah, he might have killed that turkey and been like, you know, I'm not going to pluck you. <laughs> or he may have let that turkey run, run off and he may have run to Kroger and gotten a, you know, gotten a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Anything uh, goes in this movie. Oh gosh! Um, but well, then you know when the he you know he's I'm going to say he, but Robert the the car tire, which actually has has a co credit as the Goodyear. I actually looked that they actually had a credit for this fucking tire, which blows my mind. But uh, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize I did that. Painted myself into a corner there. Yeah. But he starts blowing shit up random. He comes upon a rabbit. Oh, Robert yeah. blows that up. He sees uh, Sheila, which becomes the you know the love of his life, the apple of his eye. He stalls her car out for a little bit. Gets pissed off later because she gets away. Blows up the bird. Mm-hmm. Then blows up the man painting. Yes. Uh, there was painting. No, no, he was he was a uh, pumping gas, right? Yeah, he was pumping gas, but he got back in the truck, and he was the one who ran over him and kind of caused her caused him to like lose concentration, I guess. And her car started back up. Yeah, so that was that was where you knew things were gonna get really fucking crazy when it's like you just see this guy and just, <laughs> head explosion. There's a lot of explosion in this. Yeah, movie. there's a lot of good blood and gore in this movie. A lot of good head yeah. explosions. Now. I have to ask because I, I I know you probably would know this uh, even if I'm r- wrong, but is that not the hotel from the Devil's Rejects? The oh my God! See, I was thinking that I'm like that looks like the Kahiki Palms. Yeah. But I don't know that it is because the Kahiki Palms look nicer, but it looks like it. And you got to think there's probably about a million of those everywhere. I figured yeah, that would have shown up in the trivia, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It just looks like such a familiar hotel. It, like every time I see it, I'm like, hell, it popped up in a full moon movie here a couple of months ago that I was watching. It was like, it's that same blue hotel. But maybe I mean, it may be the same one. I, that It would be worth it to look up the hotel itself to see if there's like a list of the movies. It's kind of like that Galleria in California that's like been featured in every movie that has had a mall in the last like 30 years. Right, maybe right, right. Is, Maybe this is your standard, like, desert motel. (laughs) 
Yeah, because all of them probably aren't that blue, but I don't know. Anyway, I, that's something I need to look into. We'll it just do looked that a little more. Future. It looked a little more run down. Like I mean, in my mind's eye, the Kahiki palms was like a little more like brightly colored, and but it could have been dressed up too. Yep. Well, guess we'll never know. But oh, no. the thing we do know out. is Robert <laughs> is he likes to watch aerobics aerobicize videos. <laughs> turtle videos turtle videos right and he's also he a peeping tom uh-huh. yeah he peep he peeps uh, at sheila taking a shower and he takes the room next to her i was totally waiting the first time i saw this i'm like if she bones somebody else he's gonna be listening in at the at the at the at the door you know <laughs> but that's like the only thing they didn't go for with this movie this is one of my favorite lines in the movie is like it cuts back to the um to the spectators, and the dad goes, I never thought I would identify with a tire ever. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, then, you know, what happens next? We get, well, we get the introduction of Zach, the troubled teen, and his dad, the, Mr. Hughes, is just a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Sends, sends the kid to go get a pizza mm-hmm. with double toppings, which double will come toppings. back on. We'll come back to haunt him in a little while. But in between them, the maid discovers Robert, and boom, head goes boom again. Anybody that discovers Robert out gets his head blown off. Now, and to be fair, in Robert's defense, she did throw him, took him out of the shower and threw him out the door. So perhaps if she had left him alone, maybe he would have let her live. Just yeah, saying. but, but he, he didn't would seem ha- to be one with mercy, but... No, no, but he would have no reason to do that. Eh, eh, yeah. that's, I, 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 I just I love tried. when she pulls, <laughs> she pulls back the sheets, or pulls back the comforter, and there are tire tracks on the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that that she was thinking to herself, okay, no, I've worked at this hotel for how many years? It's seen a lot of things come and go. Never seen oh, car no, tires. She definitely was because when she sees the fuck, like when she sees the tire in the shower and she throws it out, she goes, fucking weirdos. You know, she's <laughs> had to have seen some weird ass shit at this like random hotel. <laughs> motel. Sorry, this is a motel. <laughs> Mo- oh, yes. That's not a hotel, a motel. But I love uh, what comes next and Zach's idea of double toppings by taking some of what's left of that dead bird that Robert blew up many, many moons ago and dumps it on his dad's pizza. And the dad is just, you know, they never really play on it, you know, too heavily, like show him chomping on it. But he's eating that pizza like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and the other, the other callback to Robert's, uh, I don't know, his, his tirade or whatever is when the, the kid at the spectators, he's like, look, I found this blown up rabbit. We can eat this, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and then uh, somebody goes, can you, don't you realize it's fake? And then he just throws it out. <laughs> they could have ate. They could have ate the rabbit if they could have cooked it. But it, it was they nice, it. though. But he didn't even know. It's like, don't you know it's fake? <laughs> just another and, little level of just like a you know, just the movie watching experience. Yeah, like no other movie has ever done that. At least not to this extent, where they've had an outside audience watching, you know, for the movie with that's sort of a movie within a movie. But, like, it's just, like, the movie we're watching, it's not a movie within a movie, but some people are in on it. You know, well, yeah. no, one person is in on it, the, the, the lieutenant. But 
And that's actually the part that comes next is we get <laughs> Lieutenant Chad comes back and Mr. No, no reason, Mr. No reason is investigating the murder of Martina and literally says at one point, you know, we poisoned the spectators. We don't need you anymore. Yeah, the alarm goes off. He's like, it's been six hours, so we can all go home. (laughs) And just starts telling everybody, great job. You did a great job, Mr. Hughes. You can go home. All the police, you know, you can go home. But he's the only one that's in on it. Yeah, they're all like, we've got a dead person over here. Shake it. Okay, it's it's a regular corpse. What does it feel like? It's cold. How cold is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then he gets, uh, he tries to get one of the deputies to shoot him, and she won't do it. But then Deputy Doug, played by James Parks, the son of the wonderful Michael Parks, in a very, very small role here, but I did notice him, picked him out. But he gets the Deputy Doug to shoot him. Yeah. Several times. And it does nothing to him. I mean, it like, the bullets go off and they all think he's been shot up, but nobody really seems... uh, I want to say too concerned because he's just standing there taking it. And he's like, listen, it's not really, you know, it's not really real. But that's when he gets the the notification from the accountant that there's still one spectator going alive. Right. Yeah. It's as if the other people like th- this flip, the switch won't flip for them until all the spectators are dead. Like if all the spectators were dead, they would have been totally like they would have broken into you know broken out of their trance or whatever oh wow i'm really yeah. wait i'm really overthinking this okay <laughs> you might be overthinking it just a tad but yeah. you're probably not that far off i mean that's probably why he's like why he says at the next point he goes back to interview the, the the dad and talks to the troops and tells him okay i might have spoken out of turn here forget yeah. everything Ooh. i just said yeah. um you know, this is what we're looking for he takes a, the, the car tire off Takes it off the rim. I want to know how he like separated the rim, but then again, why ask why or why ask how? No reason. No reason. But he points at the tire and says, Yeah, this is what we're looking for right here. (laughs) And they're like, What kind of what kind of tire is it? Is it a brand? Yeah. Is it probably not? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we can't afford that here on this film shoot. We only got a half million dollar budget. We can't call them, you know, Firestone or Goodyear. Yeah. Probably not. Oh, uh, uh, who comes next? Like, doesn't Mister Mister uh, <laughs> doesn't Mister um, Hughes end up getting blown up next by by Robert? Is see, okay, I'm gonna be very honest. Uh, this is where I usually kind of every time I've watched it, I kind of drop off after, you know, after that whole it's fake, blah blah blah. Let's regroup. And they all kind of go after the tire. Like, that's where it gets kind of stalled and slow for me. But I think it's on purpose. Well, yeah, because that's what the wheelchair man says. He's like, it's slowing down here. He's like, you need to speed it up. You need some explosions. You need to, you know, you need to blow this thing up, you know, finish it up. He's like, I get what you're doing. I, I understand the lure. It's just, it's taking you so long. And so I'm like, I think they did this lull on purpose so that people were like, can this thing be over with? And then it brings the audience back in like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, because at that point in time, wheelchair guy is like us. I mean, you know, 
like, I mean, that's really obvious. He's a spectator. He's us. But I think they, they purposely put things in for the spectator to react to because they knew we would react the same way. Oh, exactly. But I think they kind of padded out a little bit here just to compensate for that very fact. There's like, okay, we know what we're doing. We know you know what we're doing before they, you know, the wheelchair guy even announces it. They're just, that's the thing. Is it insane or is it intelligent or is it a little bit of Right, right. Like, is it dumb or is it fucking brilliant? Like, you know, it's like. I think it's right on the cusp. It's right on the cusp. I think it's a little bit of both, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, he does, he does run into that tire fire, which is like that, just that sets him off, man. Yeah. I That's made like it, I just make a note about that. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, it just cuts to three days later and like everybody's dead except for the cops and the girl that he, uh, he has a thing for. Right. Like, yeah. The cops, the girl and wait, the kid, the kid is still the kid. alive. And yeah. Well, wheelchair guy, at least for but now. But he doesn't count because he's not. Well, he's not part of the movie, but now he is part of the movie because he's broken into the movie. He's totally like. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he if he would have stayed out of it, he might have lived. But he had to like, yeah, I, again, not going to ask why. Although I do like the fact that the accountant tries to uh, <laughs> to, to tempt the wheelchair guy again with like, tuna tartar. Yeah. Yeah, on, like on a elaborate... bed of violet, violet uh, infused asparagus right. and shit. Right, like, the, the most elaborate fucking like five star gourmet fucking meal. <laughs> and he's just like, nah, I'm not hungry. Nah, I'm not gonna eat nothing. And then he finally gets him down to the point where he sits down, he's talking to him, and the accountant. I don't even think the accountant really realized what he was doing. At least that's the note I made. He dies after eating his own food, or kind of realizes hey. too late. He's just like, oh, wait, this was supposed to be for you. What the hell am I doing? You know, because he started eating yeah, the eclair. Yeah, like he just, well, because he's like, he's rambling about stories about, you know, going about <laughs> hitting his brother in the face with a rock and blah, blah, blah. So he stops so I think he's mindlessly just eating and then like, oh, fuck. I, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And then for no reason, again, uh, that was not delivered. But again, for no reason, Officer Doug just happens to find Robert the Tire that's infiltrated a house and he's just sitting there watching TV. <laughs> just watching TV. I don't even remember what he was watching. Was it the I turtle think at documentary? That point in time, that's when he's watching a car race. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that when they set up the Sheila dummy with the the with the dynamite bait strapped <laughs> to his back. And she is just like completely and they got her like not even there. She, she's well, like, you know, she's there, but she's in a van, you know, like 100 yards away. Yeah, but, and, and she's on the speaker. She's just saying the most inane things. And at one point, she's like, I can't say this. You, you stupid fuck. Kill me, kill me now. Yeah, stay on script. Okay, you son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. You are nothing but rubber shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then... Oh. The, and that's when wheelchair guy Wingshauser shows up and tells everybody that you know, tells the cop like I realize what you're doing here. I get it. I get the exposition, but you need to speed it along. This should have ended twenty minutes ago. Yeah, and, and uh, the, yeah. And then the, uh, the wheelchair guy, you know, if he, I, I really do think that if he had stayed out of it, he may he may have lived. But may, I might be thinking too hard on this. 
Yeah, but, I think yeah, I think we need to let that go. Just like me with the maid, you let you let wheelchair guy go. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I'll 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 meet you there. I'll meet you halfway there. Okay. And do that. But Robert blows up the mannequin. It doesn't work. It doesn't make him blow up. So Lieutenant Chad gets pissed off at the at the wheelchair guy and get, at everything. Goes in just and you don't even see it. He goes into the building off camera. Empties a shotgun into Robert, comes out, pulls out a strip of fucking, you know, of the Goodyear radial and tosses it at his feet. And he's like, that's the end. Bye. You're yeah. done. But he sticks around long enough. The wheelchair guy does to see that re- he is apparently been, uh, Robert's been reincarnated as a little tricycle. Tricycle. He even says, he's like, hey, he's been reincarnated as a tricycle. He's back. You, you get back here. And he tries to talk to him and reason with uh, with with Robert the the rubber or, car. Or Ro- Robbie Junior. Robbie Junior. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, again, maybe we're both gonna have to let that one go. Whether it's Robert or Robert Robbie Junior. Yeah. But he's like, no, no, no. I'm not part of anything. I'm not part of this. I'm just watching. He's like, just go on. I'm just here for the show. And now, not only can he blow people's heads up, he can make people completely explode because he makes yeah. Wingshauser. Our beloved ramrod, wheelchair guy, explode into a million pieces, wheelchair and all. Yeah, because you know that the spawn is usually a little stronger than the yeah than the parent, you know, and it has three wheels. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe it's triple the power. Yeah. But maybe nice. maybe we're thinking really too hard on this. I don't know. But I mean, it, but I mean, at the end when it's like the tricycles just going down the road and all the tires just follow him, it's like it is like some sort of Star Wars sort of thing, like just the passing of the the baton, like the rise of the tire, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Something. Well, I, I I felt like it was assembling an army, almost like a like a, a a bunch of zombies, you know, like it was yeah. leading leading the pack, and next thing you know, it's just. That's how the movie ends. He lets she he lets Sheila go. I will say that Robert the Robbie Robert the tricycle walk, goes past Sheila, lets her just kind of be, and goes moves from the desert where this movie has been set the entire time to a suburb. You know where, you know he's just rolling through this the city streets or the suburb streets, flanked on every side by dozens of car tires. And you kind of, you know what I mean? It, you get the idea that they're setting you up for a wonderful, wonderful sequel that just never happened. Yeah. Which, again, I have a feeling that they never intended on a sequel. Oh, I'm but sure. they yeah. made it look like they were thinking of doing a sequel. <laughs> and, and then meanwhile, 10 years later or 11 years later, a couple of... Uber fans like us are sitting and discussing it and doing the whole why, where, when, how, when there, we all know the answer is there's no reason. Uh-huh. It uh, makes this discussion very easy. Yes, it does. It really does. <laughs> well, that being said, I mean, like I said, there, I didn't have a whole lot of notes. I know you said you didn't either because there's this, this movie is very threadbare on plot, but I feel like at the same time, there's still a lot going on, but... Let's go ahead and get into our final thoughts and reviews. You know how we do things around here. Guests go first, and uh, what's your rating on a scale from one to ten? So, um, I have I've always liked this movie from the the first time I saw it. I guess I probably saw it when it came out. Well, actually, I, I have the DVD like that. I think I bought when it came out because um, I'm like, oh, a Killer Tire, yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, 
but I didn't really know that people were hated it so vehemently um, because I loved it. And I, I guess I could have guessed because it is not for everyone. It isn't. And it does seem you either love it or hate it. Like you either get it or you don't. And, um, and that's fine. I think that's what they wanted to do anyway. Um, I'm, I'm on the side of, I get it. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, I, I think it's, I think that I feel like the filmmaker knew everything that I would say and just told me to shut the fuck up with something right. in the movie. And I really, I appreciate that. I like that. I feel like maybe the filmmaker watches movies the same way that I do because of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is just really great. I really wish that uh, this guy had more high profile movies. Um, so I might have to check out a couple of the ones that people have talked about. It probably is not going to live up to rubber and that might be a problem. <laughs> That's uh, the, the, him, the issue that I have. Right. That with him. Like, yeah. Cause if he did something completely different, let's say he, he did a drama or something, we might be like, this is the guy who did rubber, you know, like can't keep this up forever. This is definitely like a one-time thing. It's lightning on bottle. But for this particular movie, um, I'm I'm going to give it an eight and a half, man. I love this movie. I, I agree with you on a lot of things. Uh, I'm coming in slightly lower. Uh, I'm coming in at, at a seven and a half, but I love it for a lot of the same reasons. When I first saw it, it was just an oddity that I saw a trailer for back in t 2010. And I said, I got to see this movie about a killer car tire. It's going to blow my mind. And I wasn't disappointed. I think that's why I haven't checked out some of his other films, the lower profile stuff, because, you know, just like for reasons you've already mentioned, is I feel like it might let me down. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like I need to check some of it out. Uh, that being said, I... I did get the, the the hate for this movie right off the bat because I suggested it to two of my friends that are big cinephiles just like me. You know, they love movies. We we all love movies. We're all watching movies together. And I suggested it to both of them back in 2010, 2011 when it came out. And they both hated it, especially one friend of mine who was the, the buddy of mine that has always recommended me the weirdest shit imaginable. He's like, nah, I just found it pretentious. And I'm just like, I... I, I pretentious like i feel like it's the furthest thing from being pretentious but I, I gotta respect his opinion and the other friend of mine said he turned it off 15 minutes into it and i was just like ah oh, i feel like you're doing a disservice to yourself i mean the i mean if anything it's it's worth it for uh you know beer and popcorn movie night you don't need it doesn't need to be highbrow you know or hi-fi but lowbrow as i like to call it and it's a great little slice of cheese is the best way to describe it. It's a little cheesy, but it could be one of the more in interesting and intelligent films I've seen at the same time. It, it borders. It's an Andy Kaufman. It's either truly right. genius or truly insane or it's maybe a, a little bit. It's a bipolar both. movie. And you know what? Your friend's saying that it's pretentious. I, as I'm watching that, I'm going, I could see how people think would think this is pretentious. And it borders on that sometimes. Like it, it's, it's like, we're so clever. Ha ha. Look at us. But I don't yeah. think it ever crosses that line. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, what I feel as well. But you know, if, if everybody liked the same thing, we, there'd only be one kind of movie and it'd all be very boring. That's right. But yeah, I think we've, uh, both come in pretty high on this one as, as compared to the hearse. The so hearse. I think we've, 
<laughs> the hearse. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to spend what was it, twenty seven dollars to. Uh, hey, well, I think it that. Being, I think it was like about twenty bucks. But yeah, like I took a chance. But let 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 me just reiterate to you guys. This this is maybe why, especially during the pandemic, I have just watched my comfort movies over and over and over, and it's because they don't disappoint. When we first were talking about what movie we would do for this, we both were like. One of us said, oh, I love rubber. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I love rubber. And then we were like, you know what? Let's do something different. Let's do this movie neither of us have ever seen. Let's take a chance. And we yeah. took a chance. And then how, we ended up that just watching the movie, the movie <laughs> that we were going to do from the get-go. Right. <laughs> that we knew it, we liked. <laughs> yeah, it just proves always go with the comfort food movie. It'll never let you down. It never lets you down. That's right. Yeah. And Rubber did not let me down. I am I am Team Robert all the way. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of times I wish I could blow people's heads up with my mind. So. Right. Right. <laughs> I identify with him. <laughs> I like much like the dad in the uh, spectators. You know, I'm, I can't believe I'm identifying yeah, with the car with tire. The tire. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that being said, I think we'll call this an end to the evening. Uh, I I believe we have. Uh, succeeded in redeeming ourselves with yes. uh, a horrible opening movie with the hearse but again some of these movies you know we watch them because we we love to watch movies and sometimes you got to watch a new one and it's not one of these comfort food movies like rubber that we love so much that they end up being movies like the hearse so That's you got to right. take, take the good with the bad but we, we do it sometimes we watch them so you don't have to folks that's right <laughs> Well, once again, I know you're super busy, you know, you're, you're mailing stuff out for getting the embalmers perks out there and getting ready to film on Tin Roof. But you got anything else uh, new you want to plug real quick before we sign off? I just got back from Pittsburgh filming Karis Hell II, which was incredibly fun. And Carousel, one of my favorite, favorite indie films. Mm-hmm. Mine too. So it's like definitely bucket list to actually be in the sequel. Um, and in a couple weeks, I go to New York to film Bishop's Cove uh, with Charles Lincoln. Um, and this one I'm really excited about. I get to play the most deplorable human being. And it's going to be fun. And I've never been to Manhattan. And we're filming in Manhattan. So bucket list all the way around, kids. Right on. Got to live it up while you can. You don't know That's if there's right. going to be tomorrow, folks. That's true. We're right on. Well. Folks, you have been listening to Cinema Degeneration's Killer Wheels Appreciation Month. This has been the redemption episode, so we're signing off for the end of our appreciation month in the, the grand scheme of things. We've had some ups and downs. We had some some great episodes. We uh, laughed, we cried, we yawned. <laughs> yeah, we laughed, we cried, and yawned, <laughs> sometimes all within the same episode. <laughs> but that being said, thanks as always for uh, joining me, Rebecca. It's always a fun time discussing these weird and even weirder fucking movies with you. <clears throat> well, thanks for having me. Anytime. Right on. Well, folks, as always, thanks for listening and stay off the streets. In the Steven Spielberg movie, E.T., 
Why is the alien brown? No reason. In Love Story, why do the two characters fall madly in love with each other? No reason. In Oliver Stone's JFK, why is the president suddenly assassinated by some stranger? No reason. In the excellent Chainsaw Massacre by Toby Hooper, why don't we ever see the characters go to the bathroom or wash their hands like people do in real life? Absolutely no reason. Worse, in The Pianist by Polanski, how come this guy has to hide and live like a bum when he plays the piano so well? Once again, the answer is no reason. I could go on for hours with more examples. The list is endless. You probably never gave it a thought, but all great films, without exception, contain an important element of no reason. And you know why? Because life itself is filled with no reason. Why can't we see the air all around us? No reason. Why are we always thinking? No reason. Why do some people love sausages and other people hate sausages? No fucking reason. Come on, don't waste your time explaining that garbage. Let's go. Just a minute, let me finish. Ladies, gentlemen, the film you are about to see today is an homage to the no reason, that most powerful element of style.